actually, I was in Houston, and I was talking to the middle schoolers, and I love the questions I get. One of the questions from a middle school girl was, what's your favorite part of being an author? And I said, this moment, your question, that's exactly it. This is my favorite part when I get the interactions with the people that are reading my books and they tell me how it affected their life as a child or they ask me questions or they feel inspired to become a writer too. Okay, welcome back everybody to another episode of Beyond the Book. I am Aaron Wolgling, your host, and today I am here with a really exciting um, guest. Her name is uh, Bracha Getz. A little background, Bracha Getz is a Harvard graduate. She grew up in Queens, and she's an author of 39 children's books. She also wrote a candid memoir for adults about overcoming food addictions joyfully. Welcome welcome to the show, Mrs. Getz. Thank you so much. Really happy to be here. As I was doing a little bit of research obviously i was listening to lots of your podcasts and lots of your things and it's it's beautiful it's wonderful to um get to know somebody through different ways not just through their books if we've known you through your books um through your children's books the messages are very important to us one that's often read in our in our house is let's stay safe constantly reading that constantly if we're feeling and appreciating the effects of that book um we'll talk about that we'll for sure break that open and unpack that um, today as well. But I saw the, uh, a quote from you. I could already quote you. You're so famous. But you said, you write the kind of books you wished you had as a child. So I, I just want to start, jump right into that, maybe an unconventional place. But why, what kind of things do you think um, you are missing that you're trying to give to children, to children today through your books? Yeah, I, I was always searching for spirituality. I do not say always. It began around age 12 that, you know, my, my consciousness expanded to the point I couldn't believe that what I saw before me was all there was to life. I felt there's more. What is it? We, we, we just get up each day to, to, to make money, to, make, to get food, to go to work another day to make money. But what's it all for? And this, this question just kept you know, really bugging me beginning with age 12. And I, I kind of wished I had books, spiritual books that explained that I was a spiritual being because that's what I was searching for. I was searching for my heritage, which, you know, I, I, um, I was born into a Jewish home and I knew that I was Jewish, but my parents never were blessed with Jewish educations, either of them. So I, I wasn't really gifted that, and I was searching for it. I was searching for what I felt was lost, what nourishment my soul was missing. And so I try to write those kind of books. I, write it, I try to write books that will help children understand their spiritual beings from the very beginning, and books that also will help children's souls to shine as brightly as they can. I would say that like, the deepest kind of books I, f I read when I was a child were, were Peanuts, books by, um, ch about Charlie Brown, like Charles Schultz. Like, there was little pieces of life's philosophy in them, and I was searching for that. Um, anywhere I could find it, that's how I was for years. And um, that was like one of the deepest books I read as a child were those kind of books that you could see. There was a real Darth of understanding 
just what life is about. And, and that's what I'm trying to give to children from the earliest time on. And some of my books, um, you'll notice like a lot of them have to do with public health um, aspects. And I just realized recently that even when I was an undergraduate at Harvard, I was taking courses at the Graduate School of Public Health um, because I was always fascinated by helping people in a public way. Um, and so that I've been doing that a lot for the from community of, like you mentioned, Let's Stay Safe and Hashem's Candy Store about eating healthy and, and books about interacting with children with disabilities, um, ways to... Um, ways to um, protect our precious bodies so that their souls can shine. We need both. And the next book coming up, actually, it should be out very soon, is Let's Stay Healthy. Coming, coming off of the pandemic, how children need to strengthen their immune systems, all the different ways that that could be done through not eating junk food, through junk food, through getting enough sleep through exercise, and like even basic hygiene. The book explains why these things are helpful in a way that I don't think has been done before. So that's that's. So why, why do you think, let's say, let's take a book like that where on health and hygiene, um, why is that connected? And you, you mentioned this, but I want to get deeper into that and unpack it. Why is that connected to the spiritual and maybe even religious side exactly. of the child? I read this wonderful book. I don't. I didn't bring it with me, but it's a, it's a book written by the assistant. He was the right hand man to Rav Shach, and he wrote this wonderful book. Um, I'm in the middle of writing an essay about it right now because um, people were asking me to write this book. There was one mother in particular she was begging me to write this book, and it's called Let's Stay Healthy, and and. Um, I didn't exactly know how to write the book until I read this book about the Torah approach to keeping our bodies healthy. So he explains that, right, we, we, are, we are given in this world these precious vessels that we need to take care of in order to preserve our souls here. In fact, the more we take care of our bodies then we will be able to, God willing, live longer and do more mitzvahs. This is, and so I'm bringing this to children. Basic, right? That's exactly. And so it's we actually have a Torah obligation to take good care of our bodies, which we we don't realize that so much. And that's what I became so aware of. And the same with um, with let's stay safe, and also. Um, Person, the book about personal privacy, it's focusing on that if, if a child like is abused, it puts, it puts layers of garbage on top of that beautiful, pure soul. So, and then later in life, those have to be peeled off. Sometimes they need like therapeutic intervention t- in order for their souls to shine. But children need both. They need nourishment to shine their souls and, and not to um, have, you know, abuse or neglect. So these are things we want to prevent from entering children's lives. And, and, and the same with, you know, 
sickness. We want children to be as healthy as possible. And the junk food actually brings down energy. I mean, it may temporarily hyper, make a child more hyper, but in, in, it, it, it causes, I explain in the book how it causes the immune system to not function at its best. Um, if we're not giving it the nourishment that was designed by Hashem, it's, it's the food, the natural foods that come from Hashem are like perfectly designed with, with infinite intelligence. And the junk food that we get was designed purposely to manipulate consumers to eat overeat, to eat more than is necessary because they are delicious, but they're not nutritious. Mm -hmm. While Hashem's food is delicious and nutritious. So um, in, in, in fact, like in junk food, what I was learning about recently is they put in abnormal amounts of fat and sugar into products that do not occur in nature. We don't find that in nature. And, 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 and it causes um, the um, parts of our brain to light up and just want more of that, which is, it's totally addictive. And it's actually, um, I was reading that it it's, has the same principle of the way they make drugs like cocaine. They, things that were meant to be used for good purposes in this world they take out the fiber, they take out the um, water, and they take out the protein and um, so that it gets absorbed in an, in an unnatural way too quickly into the bloodstream. And then um, people have a very negative reaction on their bodies. It causes, I explain this in the, even in the book for children, that it causes blood vessels to swell because the blood vessels are not getting the nutrients they expect when the food comes in and they are the the it's like the blood vessels are craving more of good things so it all causes um the body to overeat it causes that craving to take place it's 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 really very sad we think that it's innocuous to eat you know really um junky fast foods and food coloring and these things, but they really have an effect and actually are promoting diseases that are soaring now, like um, diabetes and hypertension. A um, type 2 diabetes is absolutely soaring in the population, even among children now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because when you're mentioning all these things that they do in food in order to make it more addictive and quicker, easier, better, faster... Um, in the tech world, which is sort of where I'm coming from, it's it's similar conversations when you're talking about um, certain social medias and the way they're creating the apps in order to get you to stay on the longest, mm -hmm. and that the whole business models are created around that because that's how they're going to make um, the they're going to make revenue through having you there, and then they can have advertising. So um, there's there's a lot of overlap. I, I wonder if would you ever tackle that issue as well, internet safety and um, healthy use of because it's it very much overlaps, you know, when you talk about pandemic and health, uh, obviously the food and the hygiene, but also internet, the time, the time waste, time used on, on the internet and on phones and computers and the differences between them. And exactly, I did write a picture book for children on that subject. It's called "Let's Stay Pure." Uh, there's, you actually see the image of a computer and 
the child turning away from it. It's like, again, that also came from mothers approaching me and begging me for certain types of books. That's how cool. I, I come to write these books. So um, more in-depth about involvement with the Internet um, might be also appropriate for um, more chapter books, for higher levels. I'm writing picture books, so I wrote this on a level for very young children to to fill their souls with pure things rather than seeing any impure images which just don't go away. They get stuck in the brain and how important it is to protect our children and to fill their lives with joy and beautiful images so that they don't feel any lack and need for that. And, and that's something very, very important. It, it is a really beautiful book with like amazing illustrations that are inspiring. Um, I've had people contact me. In, in fact, there was someone that told me this they have a child that just keeps reading and rereading that book, like absorbing it deep into their soul. I, I love hearing it, yeah. So that, that I, I definitely did... Um, you know, uh, cover that topic, but I think for sure there is room for people to write more books and for older age levels on that subject. It's so important. Right, not even necessarily about the um, the things that are in, like necessarily impure or asar, but rather just time waste. Let's let's teach kids right. through books as well. It's 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 also health and uh, it's related to that. Yes, so true. Thank God we have Shabbos. You know, because I think other children. That, are, that don't have Shabbos, books are going down, you know. But for our wonderful population where we have this day of disconnecting from all types of, um, what is the word, all types of um, um, media. Electronics, electronics, media, right. right. That, that um, it's, it's, it's great because then we have the chance to cuddle up with our children and read and there's no distractions. And it's, we, we, we can feel Shabbos more intensely than ever um, since all of these devices have come into our lives, you know, the, the absence of them. Yes. Is that why you, do you stay with books or, you, or do you ever feel the, the um, urge to sort of move into like more modern media, like cartoons or mm. other ways to maybe kids podcasts, maybe other ways to, to get to kids, or is it specifically books and you think there's a power in books that, that can't be replaced? Oh, both. I, I, there is definitely a power in books that can't be replaced, that, that sense of cuddling and spending time together. But I, I enjoy the other media as well. I mean, during the pandemic, I really expanded to... Uh, giving podcasts and Zooms into classrooms and to children at home around the world. And that has been so awesome. Going to continents I never visited before, you know, in Australia. I did several in Africa. It's been, like, amazing. And that's the good part of the media, that you can spread Speaking totally. to kids on those. Yes, those always speaking to children. I, I also spoke to adults, definitely. But I went into many classrooms. I just volunteered and I, I posted in different places that if anybody wants me to, I'm happy to do this, you know. So I just started Zooming like every day all over the world. And it, yeah, it was a great joy for me, especially when I was stuck at home. Yeah. So you get on a Zoom during the pandemic with 100 kids. What's the, what's, what's the most important message for you to give to them? 
What's the most important? My favorite, my favorite part of the Zooming is when they ask me questions at the end. And in fact, you know, when, when I was in person once, in, actually, I was in Houston. I was at the, at the day school where my son is a Rebbe, and, and I was talking to the middle schoolers, and I love the questions I get. One of the questions from a middle school girl was, what's your favorite part of being an author? And I said, this moment, your question, that's exactly <laughs> it. This is my favorite part when I get the interactions with the people that are reading my books and they tell me how it affected their life as a child or they ask me questions or they feel inspired to become a writer too. There's nothing like it because it's a kind of a lonely profession. Um, it wasn't my only profession, but you know, you, it's something that you do by yourself. So when you meet your audience, it's a tremendous thrill. And um, my favorite part of doing all the podcasts and the Zooms that I did, it, and, and I still am doing them, it, it is meeting up with the children and having them interact with me. So what's my message to them? Hmm. I guess, I guess I'm going to say, that life is filled with so much joy. I, I, this is something that I've been blessed with. It was a gift from my father. And I love being able to spread joy into all the classrooms and schools and every place. Yeah. Amazing. Is that something, are all your children in education as well? <laughs> Most of them are, but not all. Let me think. Um, oh, right. My oldest is in Minahel. Then my next daughter, no, she's not in education. And then... My next daughter is a, a special ed teacher, and then my next daughter daughter is also a teacher, and then oh my then I have a daughter working in the medical field, and then um, my youngest son is also a rebbe. Yes, so most of them. So are, most of them. Well, that's it's interesting how it, it translates over that into education as well. Right, children. and the two that aren't are both working in medical fields, which is also my interest. So that's, wow, I just realized that this moment. I never <laughs> noticed it. <laughs> well, it's important that, that you know, you mess, you, this is important to you in your life, always giving over to children, giving over um, deep ideas and concepts and translate them into children, and your, your kids did that. So that's, <laughs> and taking care of those things uh, in those fields as well, in the medical field, so. Thank God. Very, we're very, very blessed, yeah. <laughs> Turning to like more of the um, some of the more intense subjects of today, like the Let's Stay Safe book or um, talking about Private Places book. Right. So there you talk about abuse and you talk about taking care of your um, your body and your private places. Um, Let's Stay Safe is general general safety, but put into the middle of the book. There's also um, some very important pages. So what are some of the either the, the, let's talk about the process of, of creating those books, of the needs for that book, um, what kind of audience. I know the Let's Say Safe book is many audiences, but um, what, what was it geared toward? What's it trying to answer? And what are some of the, maybe the pushback or maybe the positive feedback uh, after the book was written and has been circulating? Yeah. For, for almost 20 years, I was um, coordinating the Big Brother, Big Sister program in Baltimore the Jewish Big Brother, Big Sister program in Baltimore. And I got to attend a lot of workshops and seminars on the subject of personal safety, especially because we 
we needed to, that the number one thing about mentoring is that you have to protect the children from someone that may want to become a mentor for um, a bad reason, you know. So we had to weed out. Thank God we did. We never had a problem like that. So we um, were very careful, and I read a lot of literature on the subject. So um, when I became aware of that problem in the Orthodox community, I, I wrote one book. Yeah, I wrote a book, and nobody wanted to publish it. It was, it was too early. That was 2007. So I just kept trying. I tried all different publishers, and um, eventually I turned to Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz, and he was able to push it through. So without his help, the book would never have seen the light of day when it did. I mean, maybe years later, but it was published in 2011. And um, um, actually, the first manuscript that I wrote was the book that I sent to him. Um, but then in the process of doing it, we came up with the idea maybe... It shouldn't be, that became actually the personal privacy book eventually, but the book that, that he um, co-published with Art Scroll is the book um, that, like you said, it, has, it talks about personal safety in the middle of the book and other normative safety measures all around it. So in the, in the middle of, of, of getting to have the manuscript published, I came up with this idea and... I think it came through, somebody helped me get that idea. Just do it as one of the normative things. So I rewrote a whole new manuscript, and that is what eventually became Let's Stay Safe. I mean, those four pages, five pages, whatever it is, were, were a full book at one point. That, that became, the, the normative, when, with all the other normative, became Let's Stay Safe. I had originally sent him the other manuscript. That eventually became the personal privacy book. I got you. And so... Um, so it it so what I had originally sent him is not the book that got published, and then then we had the idea to switch it up. So and and that was good because the world the firm world wasn't ready for a book just on that subject at that time. So we stuck it in the middle, and it got through. And we were afraid of a negative reaction, but there wasn't any. It was it was welcomed so much, and it became so normative to teach from children about personal safety, which is a tremendous blessing. I hear from people very often about how the book and the, uh, and the personal safety book is saving people's lives, saving children's lives. Um, it was, I think, about like two weeks ago, somebody contacted me. They said, I just got to tell you that um, I was reading the book to my child at about how important it is to report, and they go, oh my goodness, I mean, this older teenager has been doing these kind of things to me. And like, the, the mother, everybody was shocked, and it just came out from reading the book. And this is, it's just so essential. I think that it's been the, um, this horrific type of experience has decreased tremendously in our community now because this is being taught, because we're proactive. As, as uh, Rabbi Horowitz like to, likes to say, it's like giving an immunization beforehand to make this problem much less now. Because well, we're attacking it on so many levels, both from 
you know, older, so from the education of adults and education of children. Yes. Now even in children's books, which is obviously the a very important way to attack it. So it's being attacked from it's it's not okay anymore. There's no right. no brushing it under. Exactly. And that's the as I was writing back then, there's no sweeping it under the rug. It was becoming much too busy under the rug. And now it's thank God not like that. People have awareness level has gotten so great and people once you yeah. mention Rabbi Harowitz also it's yeah. not it's not that he hasn't um put himself on the line for it so obviously it's from the, the those fighters those who've been on the front the yes. front line and he's continuously on the front line he continuously puts himself out there yeah. to in harm's way um yes. to make sure that that it uh, everyone understands that no one the abusers are not okay, and anybody who needs help from from a situation, they, he's the address. Always get. Can I have Yankee's number? And it's he puts it up everywhere. He doesn't. Exactly. Uh, he's not afraid because he needs. He wants to be available, and I think that that, along with it, you had the the merit to work with him and and get that book. And you said yourself that he pushed it. He pushed it through. So right. And I just remembered who I wanted to thank also is Debbie Fox, who was working in this field along with her husband. Rabbi Dr. Fox, um, they they were incredible front runners in this field as well, um, and they they didn't have a picture book that was available in every home, but she was working on workbooks and on like you said on cartoons on videos. She was doing this years before I was involved in this, and they deserve a, a tremendous amount of credit for their great work too. Yeah. Amazing, and it's been translated. The Let's Say Safe book is in. We have one in Hebrew and in English. So and Yiddish. It's amazing. It's so great because people yeah. come and the parents speak English in our house, and they want to and they see the books laying around. They want to read it, but then they say, "Well, my kids don't speak English." Like, oh, great. Here's the Hebrew one. So it's it's amazing that uh, that they the foresight there to see that Beautiful. it should be in so many different languages. And and he designed it so that they have different illustrations for each one so it's culturally appropriate, appropriate for, every for everyone <laughs> exactly it's great well that yeah. brings up like other conversations with my kids like the different cultures between you know english and and hebrew or americans and so that's uh that's also a springboard to conversation with my kids wonderful yeah okay so are these are these your favorite here or <laughs> these are the uh I just grabbed three books before I came. I don't even know why. <laughs> but, right, well, oh, this has to be. This is this is new. This just came okay. out this summer. Yeah, it was supposed to be out last summer, and you know what happened last summer. So there was no point in having this. Let's swim safely come out um, when um, in the middle of December, right? Or <laughs> or when, when no one could go oh, swimming okay. or the pandemic, you know. So now it came out for this summer, and again. Oh, my goodness. It was a mother that contacted me to write this book. She was, like, begging me and saying, I have horrible stories to report. Please, we got to protect the toddlers, especially. I mean, all children need to be protected with swimming safely. It's essential. It's another mitzvah to teach our children how to swim. But even when they know how to swim, they have to be watched. And this talks about... Don't ever be more than an arm's length away from a toddler in the water. It's, there's, there's notes to the parents at the back, too, but children memorize this book. I see the toddlers. They can repeat it to me now completely. They've got it. They've internalized these rules, and they see it as a joy. 
which I'm kind of astounded by. I've, I've been astounded by how much children enjoy Let's Stay Safe. Like, people will say that's their favorite book. Like, wow, it's like, it's like a whole bunch of guidelines. It's not even a plot or a story, and they love it. Children love structure and guidelines. You know, not, they don't want to be completely tied in, but they love they knowing it, what to correct. do. Exactly. Yeah, so. so what, what's the process when, you, let's say, a, a mother comes and says, Write a book on, on safety. So you don't have any young children in the house. You don't go swimming with them. So you do research. You figure out what are the common things that we need to write about. And then this is also written in a, in a rhyme. Yeah. Or oh, no, this one isn't. Actually, I originally did. It got switched. Yeah, most of them are. This, is, this one's not. And um, exactly right. So it's so funny. Sometimes I say, why don't you do it to the people? Why don't you write the book? And they'll go, no, that's why I'm coming to you. Yeah. So like, because it's not like a topic. I, I am not a swimmer. This is not my thing. Um, but I do have tons of contact with children. <laughs> Thank God through my grandchildren now. <laughs> but so I'm always watching them and getting the ideas from them. But it's true. I do research and I love it. Like I explained, I love public health. So I love bringing that aspect of my education into the from world too. And if you know I have a style that I do these books, all the safety books, it's, it's this little boy that learns the rules and he's explaining them. So it gives children a sense of empowerment. Like I can learn these rules just like the boy in the book. You know, I mean, I, I like to present it that way in general. So um, not always, but like that's how let's stay safe is too it's like i've learned this stuff and i want to share it with you and and a child feels that they can be empowered just as much to to know all this information um so um yeah uh, uh, this is a little bit different let's appreciate everyone is um oh this came about because okay so i have a granddaughter with severe spina bifida and um she is awesome and she she's in a wheelchair with no feeling from the waist down and after she was born people said to me now you're going to write a book about disabilities i know it i said i don't really know enough about this that's what you ask i i don't know how i could write this book but once once that's put in my head and my eyes are opened so I read this amazing article by Yael Zellinger in, in our local Where, What, When community magazine. She is, um, she works for the CJE, the Center for Jewish Education here in Baltimore. And, and she was writing about the workshops that she gives to children of all ages in classrooms. It was about junior high, elementary school. I, right after Shabbos ended, I contacted her. I called her and I said, I loved reading the article about what you're doing. Would you like this to become a children's book so children all over can get the messages that are in your workshops? She was thrilled. So that's what happened. Um, her material that's in her workshops is the basis for this book, plus other research that I did that I added in. But that's the core of the book is the amazing workshops that Yael Zellinger developed. So, um, and they should be given all over because reading the book is great, 
but when you actually interact with the children, they can experience these workshops which are described in here, plus more that are not even in here for older age levels, it changes children completely. They have a sense, it, it, it develops a sensitivity in them to people with disabilities where if nobody teaches them, they don't know how to interact. So like one of her, the favorite teachings that she gives here is when, when, you, when you see a child with a disability, a, a visible disability, the first thing you do what you normally do is a five-letter word. It begins with an S. But there's a different five-letter word that begins with an S that is so much better to do. In addition, so the five-letter word that begins with an S is stare. Everybody stares, and children with disabilities are very used to being stared at. But instead, if you can smile, that warms the heart of a child with a disability even more, everybody loves being smiled at, but even more so because they get less smiles than most other children. They get less invitations to play dates. They get less invitations to parties, birthday parties, or, or what any type of gathering. It means so much. So, so if you feel like staring, just add the smile, please. That's the most important thing. And um, it talks about so many different ways to interact. Like when you meet a child in a wheelchair, sit down on the same level with the child so that you're not talking from above. If you meet someone who is blind, then right away introduce yourself. Because don't assume they're going to know you're there. And when you're walking away, say, I'm, I'm, I have to go now. Just let them know. It, it's... These are just basic helpful hints. Um, with a person that's deaf, you can write them a message. If you can't write yet, you could draw them a picture and talk slowly so they can read your lips. And, and it talks about children with invisible disabilities. So children that it's not clear what their disability is, but they're maybe, they may be sitting on the side, not joining in games when everybody else does, so invite them. And they may still not want to come, but it definitely gives them a warm feeling inside to be invited. So um, it just it's it's explaining ways to reach out in ways that um, children might not think of on their own, and that helps them to feel more comfortable in interacting. Right, yeah. and then comfortable with themselves, and then they can do it. Um, I always remember I was in I was in Darche Torah for a few years, and in Darche Torah they're very Rabbi Bender is um, very open and very loving and accepting to children of all, all abilities. And there are plenty of children. There was a boy in, my, in, in our class, uh, Libby Minzer, who was just part of the grade and part of the class. Um, and, and everyone loved him. And I came, I was coming from a different high school, and I wasn't necessarily exposed to that. And I came and I saw, I saw all these boys just loving, loving boys who were in, who are in wheelchairs, who are severely handicapped, and that changed my that changed oh. my mindset. See, Rabbi Bender kissed them on the head, and that that changed. But uh, not everyone not everyone gets to see Rabbi Bender in action, and I think uh, obviously the books the books are so important. Um, but to answer your question, why people don't write their own books is because not everyone has the same passion as you <laughs> to do this, to get excited about different subjects and different things, and be able to uh, translate it. So. For me, that's the answer. I, next time I have a book to write, I'll come to you. <laughs> <laughs> you can see I'm 
parts of me have not grown up, you know? <laughs> it's a sense of wonder and just a sense of joy and curiosity about the world that I hope never goes away. Yeah. Thank God. Okay, and then and then the third one you brought. Uh, we could break. Let's unpack that too. It's, okay, it's Hashem's Candy Store is is really maybe my favorite book. Well, I love the illustrations. It, um, usually, I don't get to pick the illustrator, but uh, sometimes I do. And this is illustrated by a very good friend of mine, her daughter, and she is awesome, Dina Ackerman. And I love what she did with this book. Like some books, it just enhances the words so much. And she really did it here. Um, she brought out all the color, the joy of, of Hashem's candy. So this book is about the wonders. The It, it, it shows us also has a lot of... Um, this book was based on... There was something actually I saw on the internet called God's Pharmacy about how different foods are specifically good for different parts of the body. They, they help. And like, like if a carrot, if you slice a carrot, you're going to see the inside of an eye right there. It looks like an eye. And it, carrots, as you know, are so good for the eyes. Um, the tomato. That was a children's book? What, this the, is in no, here. Oh, oh the, the, the um, God's Pharmacy kind of thing. Oh, God's Pharmacy, no, it was for adults. Okay. But I, I, a lot of things for adults, I, I love to simplify and make clear for children. That's what I love to spread that wisdom, exactly. It was for adults, and I said, this should be a children's book. And then, also I took some of Rabbi Avigda Miller's teachings and put them in the book as well, about um, just how amazing the things are. Like one of the teachings from Rabbi Avigda Miller was... Um, the, the fruit becomes ripe when it's ready to eat. When the, the, when the fruit becomes ripe and ready to eat, it turns a bright, attractive color. Before that, it's not. It's, it's dark green, and then it gets orange, gets more and more orange, bright orange. Then when they're ready, we're ripe, the color is called. That's what it says in the book. So like, and this is all like teachings, and, uh, and Rabbi Victor Miller would speak about the amazing design. It's, it key, it's all individually packaged. The apples, the oranges, the tiny grapes, you know, like candy. This is all candy from Hashem. And um, it, 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 the, how the orange, the juiciness stays in for months. It's amazing. Like, this is where we got that idea of packaging. It, it, the packaging is right there already. It smells good. It tastes good. And, um, and, and it's nutritious. And delicious. That's so, and there's so much variety in the world. Everything made to be so beautiful for us. All this great pleasure that that Hashem has brought to us. So, I, I I'm highlighting all that in this book. Well, the new book, um, it speaks about why all these things are good for us, but it also shows all the stuff that's bad for us too, <laughs> and the negative effects that the junk food has on us, which um, is also, that's the Let's Stay Healthy book, which will be out soon. But that's really important also to, um, we got to fill up our lives with all of these natural good things from Hashem and, and decrease the, um, the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> right. Something I love about, about your books when I read them to my kids is it very much focuses on the good. Yes. Um, not so much... It, the, the, the negative is there, but it, even the safety books, everything, it's not so much about what other people are doing, it's about what you can do about it. It's about the positive. And for children, that message is so important, and for adults, obviously, 
we focus on the negative all day, but <laughs> you got it exactly. We all need more joy in our lives. There's like I read there's a there's a huge dearth of of praise. There's a huge praise deficit in the world. We need much more joy. And it's plentiful. We we go off course. That's the whole purpose. What I learned really from Rev Noak, the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure possible here. And we've gone so much off course because why Hashem created us is to recognize that everything is a gift from Hashem and that really what all the mitzvahs are about is gratitude too. We're, we're here, our purpose is to express gratitude. And, and, and uh, so that's, in order to express gratitude, we got to feel the joy. Yeah. Okay, so where can people... Uh, obviously, they're going to listen and be like, okay, we're going to go on a, a Bracha Getz uh, shopping spree here. We're going to buy every book on the shelf. That's, I'm thinking right now, like, which ones don't I have that I have to purchase now? So where can people find you and find your uh, books? Oh, all my books are on the Amazon, my Amazon author page. But the big news, this is the first time I'm telling anybody this, is that my youngest children, my youngest son and his wonderful wife, they have decided to open a publishing company of my books from here on out. They want to publish my books. So um, they said, please don't send. When I wrote the, um, when I wrote the new uh, Let's Stay Healthy. Healthy book, I was about to send it out. And they said, no, we're starting now. We're going to start the publishing company right now. Please don't give it to any publisher. We're, we're going to publish it. And so... This is their first endeavor, and they're going to be. They, they, they've created a website now, too, which they call, they say, the Getz Bookshop. I think it's called the Getz Bookshop. And they say. What's the publishing? What are they going to call the company? The okay. publishing? Getz. Get, the Getz Bookshop is the name of the publishing company. Okay. And they, I think I got that right. And it's, they call it Everything Bracha Getz. <laughs> it so, I think she, you know, they've just been creating this now. It's all coming out this summer so that the book will be ready by the, in the middle of the summer, hopefully. Yeah. So. Um, that's so exciting yeah. also to see your family stand behind and get excited about it just like you are. So that's amazing. <laughs> That's great. It really is. It's, it's such a heartwarming feeling for me. Yeah. Just to, uh, and to be spreading these spreading these messages that you've created and and going to create more. Obviously, you're not you're not finished, so you're uh, going <laughs> to continue creating those and and have them publish them. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> and that'll give you more that'll give you more control over the uh, the book. I've always been happy. It's been a very much of a give and take with the publishers, you know, which I love. Which is terrific. Now that's a very good use. We go back and forth, and we, I give feedback all along the way, which I really enjoy. And it, yeah, it was a blast putting this new book together with my children as the publishers. Yeah, cool, <laughs> amazing. Okay, so you can find it. For, so for now, you can find it on Amazon. And uh, look out, you heard it here first. But look out for the new, uh, the new Getz Family uh, Publishing Company. So. And I also want to say that if anybody can also get my books in public libraries, or if the public libraries don't have them, they can order them, um, which I'm really happy about. Like certain books I have, which are Kirov books, and I'm thrilled for them especially to be in public libraries, but also for the Frum community, um, you can just ask your public library to order them, and they can have them there for you too. Amazing. Okay, wonderful. So. I mean, if there's any more messages, anything else you want to say, you can feel free. But I'm, uh... I'm really happy. Thank you so much. Okay. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you so much.
Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. This project is a creative project of mine, and I want to know that it resonates with people. The best way to speak to me and to let me know is by subscribing to this channel on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, listening, finding me on YouTube, Beyond the Book YouTube channel, and leave a comment that you enjoyed it. The more feedback I get, the more I'll do. And if you enjoyed it, even just a simple liked it works for me. We'll see you next week on Beyond the Book.